This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. everybody welcome back we're continuing tonight's marathon here on friday february 16th 2024 is that right today the 16th let me check it is oh yes okay i am right okay perfect and uh we're going to get started sister rose welcome back uh would you like to open us up in prayer yes uh, Father God, I thank you for this opportunity, this blessed opportunity and this time uh, on this broadcast to share your word with God's people tonight. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name as the word goes forth that the people would begin to receive what they need from you and from your Holy Spirit to be to change things in their life that needs correction and changing. And Father, I just thank you for them. I ask that you'd bless every one of them tonight in their homes and in their lives, uh, whatever they put their hand to do, that you would bless it. And Father, bless Brother Shannon tonight too, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sister Rose, for this program, we've got 55 minutes starting now. Okay. And the mic is yours. Take it away. Amen. So, Tonight, I, I would like to uh, go back to something I spoke about a couple episodes ago um, in Second Kings chapter 7. There were four lepers. They were behind the gates of Samaria. They were sick. They were threatened that if they leave Samaria and go, they would fall prey to the Syrians and the Syrians would kill them. So they looked amongst themselves and they said, wait a minute. Why sit we here until we die? Why sit, why sit we here? Why stay here 
it, until we die. So they took a faith venger and they went out to the Syrians camp and God was with them. They plundered the goods that were there and they got to eat some good food. So God is about to turn some stuff around in your lives. Um, so why sit you there until disease ravages your body? Until money dictates to you how poor you're going to be or how rich you're going to be and do nothing about it? And why sit you there lonely and do nothing about it? Why sit oppressed and depressed by other voices that are telling you this is as good as it gets and do nothing about it? Or to sit there and let fear take over your life, the spirit of fear that God has delivered you from. Um, there is an attack on your mind tonight. There's an attack on your mind. It becomes it's becoming a battlefield um, to to get you to to stay in the in this realm and be conformed to this world. The Bible says you have the mind of Christ Jesus, and it also says, as a man thinketh in his heart, that's what he becomes. As the way you think is what will become of you. So where the mind goes, the man will follow. The enemy is also uh, causing attacks on your identity. So you begin to question, who am I? Who Begin to question your identity in Christ. Begin to question what you're able to do, what you're not able to do. And the Bible says this, you, you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. You are set apart. You are not going to be like other people. You are not going to fit in the crowds of other people because God said, I have set you apart. And um, John chapter 15, it tells us, he said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I've chosen you. You're a royal priesthood. I have chosen you to be just that. There's an attack on your assignment. There's an attack on your assignment that you are responsible to fulfill on planet Earth. So today I want to talk about God is going to remove some people from your lives. This is a hard thing for people to accept, especially when when some man in the Bible came up to Jesus and said, Jesus... I will follow you. Just tell me what to do. I'm paraphrasing. He said, well, go and sell all that you have and follow me. And the man couldn't do it. And a lot of people are not willing to let go of certain things in their lives, including families, friends, church people, jobs, situations, business endeavors. They're not willing to let go of these things, um, letting go of what's in their hand to receive what God has in his hands. So I'm going to read some scripture tonight. I love the word of God. There's an answer in here for everything. For any and everything you are going through tonight, there is an answer. Um, So I just want you to open up your hearts and just begin to receive and let the spirit pour into you. Um. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 46. And I'm going to kind of mix this in with uh, Mark chapter 6, so we can get the whole picture here. 
And he, Jesus, went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is this not the carpenter's son of Mary? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? Um, Paraphrasing, we know what happened there. The brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon. And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. These were people that Jesus grew up with in his hometown. They were his uh, backstreet boys. They, They played games together. They were familiar with him. His family was right there. Um, And it said that they were offended in him. Uh, He came back there to do some, some works and introduce his disciples to his hometown. And it said, while he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, outside, desiring to speak with him. Then one of them said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with you. Now, here's Jesus on an assignment. He's getting ready to to do what the fathers called him to do. And And his family's watching this. And they're trying to pull him away from his assignment. How many things... How many people, how many circumstances has tried to pull you away from your assignment? Because the enemy does not want you to complete it, but God said that he will complete what he started in you. You have to agree with him tonight, no matter what the voices say, or the circumstances, or the situation. And then, but he answered and said unto him that told him, who is my mother, and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples. There's a distinction here. His family was there. But he stretched out his hand near his followers and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. What he basically was saying was, those people who support the will of God, who agree with with the voice of God, who agree with the word of God, those who understand walking in love and the mature things of, of God, those people, that's my family. Not the ones who are questioning like, um, Jesus, what are you doing? Uh, can you just leave that now and come over here and talk to us? But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and his own kin, his family, and in his own house. 
and he could do there no mighty work except he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them and he marveled because of their unbelief. These are people that he grew up with. I love you, Jesus. And his mother, I love you, Jesus. How many of our family members and people that we were close to told us that they loved us? And then they betrayed us. And then they didn't support us. And then they lied on us. And before we knew it, we found ourselves mauling these thoughts around our in our mind over and over again. How they rejected. How they abandoned us. How they slandered us. And then we built for ourselves a courtroom in our minds. Where we are the judge, the jury, and the executioner trying to justify how are we going to fix this? Why are these people treating me like this? Why did they leave me? And let's continue. And he went round about. What did he do? He, he marveled at their unbelief. But as soon as he, he marveled at their unbelief, what did he do? He shook the dust off his feet. And it says, and he went round about the villages. He went around these guys. He said, I'm not focusing on this. I'm not focusing on the trouble here. I'm not focusing on the voices here. I'm not focusing on the unbelief. He went round about the villages teaching. And he said unto them, in what place soever you enter into a house, there abide till you depart from that place, till your assignment's up. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you, when you depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. And then there's a scripture in Mark chapter 6 that says, in verse 1 through 6, well, I'm going to read this. I can't remember which one this is. It's 1 through 6. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than that city, than for that city, that place where you were assigned to be, that place where you sowed seed into people's lives, that place where you sowed years and years of ministry, and suddenly the enemy used someone or something to try to take you down. And you decide in your mind, you can sit there until you die and take your dreams and your legacy to the grave. Or you can choose to rise up because if you can look up, you can get up. When you shake the dust off your feet, that dust is a remnant. It's, it's, you're shaking everything off. Dust is the aftermath of what they did. So it says... Um, In Luke 10, verse 16, the one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me. And the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. There are people that have, that are suffering today from rejection issues. The spirit of rejection has taken hold of your life, has afflicted your mind and your emotions, I've met some older parents whose children, whose adult children have estranged them, have abandoned them, and they were good parents. 
it's 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 the whole agenda of this generation the rejection that they do and the parents end up groveling and they end up trying to love them and beg them for their attention so i want to go on here it says uh, so what what shaking the dust off your feet means to depart in a hurry especially from an unpleasant situation which means to leave forever this metaphoric term alludes to moving one's feet like really fast shaking off the dust and it appears several times in the bible it's a symbolic indication that one has done all that can be done in the situation and therefore carries no further responsibility for it jesus did everything that could have been done right there in his hometown and what happened they were offended with him so he no longer carried any responsibility for an assignment that was aborted the bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren and i want to go back to when we talk about um Jesus saying in what place soever you enter into a house abide there until you depart that doesn't necessarily mean that you're you're going to go to uh some person's house and preach at them and whatever it could be someone that you know it could be i mean knocking on doors whatever it could be someone uh that that's in your family that God has used you to sow seed into their lives so their lives could be changed for the better maybe you've done all that you could to give and to love and um and then when god tells you your assignment is up it's up it doesn't matter if it's a family member a church member a non-believer or whatever it is it's anybody and it says who so ever and here it says did they they do not receive you uh just because someone invites you in and they say well we opened up our arms to you it's about how they treat you when you're there how they entreat the word how they entreat the love that you give them um it says when you depart they don't receive it shake off the dust and some of you need to obey god and just shake off the dust off your feet and according to this as depart in a hurry especially from this unpleasant situation um the accuser of the brethren that then you find some of these people that you've loved so much that you've served for years uh suddenly um they're accusing you of things you never said they're accusing you of things you never did and make no mistake Jesus had haters there are haters out there and until you begin to overcome the fear of man you cannot be used in a, in a full sense like Jesus was used in the bible says even greater works than these shall you do until you can overcome the fear of man and you will be put to the test because most of the greatest men and women of god had received serious rejection they lost everyone and everything but you know what god has to strip us of the exterior so the jesus within us can come alive and just reveal himself and manifest himself to a lost and a dying world. We 
Paul said, it's no longer I that liveth, but it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. So when the accusations come, when the people don't receive, when the family doesn't receive, when, the, when, when God sets you up an assignment to minister to someone and they don't receive or they turn around and they slander or whatever, it's going to happen. It happened to Jesus. It, it ha- it's going to happen. So if you want to be a minister of God, just expect it. It's going to happen. And if you don't know who you really are, the enemy will use that against you. You know, you're free to walk away from these situations with a clear conscience, knowing that you did everything you were supposed to do. And the Bible says that Jesus entrusted his heart to no man because he knew what was in man. We entrust our hearts to too many people. We give out our goods to too many people. Where the Bible says, don't cast your pearls before the swine. I like the way Jesus put that. He put it right out there. Don't don't cast your pearls off to the pigs who can't appreciate it. <laughs> but praise God. Don't cast your good stuff off. Don't cast your pearls off to the... I guess I, uh, my husband just said I'm coming in and out. Um, You're coming through okay. um, loud and clear. Am, am I okay? Yes, ma'am. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, so... He's going to attack your identity. The enemy is. So do you know who you really are and what you carry within you? The power that's within you? Jesus Jesus knew man, so he didn't entrust himself to man. But, but he had a deep relationship with the Father. So when these people came against him, it didn't matter to him. He could shake off the dust and continue on to the villages around him. If there's people in your area that aren't going to receive and you have a gift Within you, a powerful gift, your gift will make room for you. And God will open doors in other areas. And he will remove you from that area. He will remove you from those people um, who are not receiving the truth. Um, Jesus knew where to go when he needed encouragement and strength. He went to the throne instead of the phone. The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. There are situations in our lives where God calls us to stand firm and to proclaim the truth, proclaim a testimony. And sometimes we need to continue in that place until we see the results of that testimony. Other times God will give us the freedom to move on. Uh, We figuratively shake the dust off our feet. When under the Holy Spirit's direction, we surrender those people to the Lord and emotionally we let go. Uh, we have the freedom. We Then we have the freedom to move into the next phase of ministry or to the next level. The enemy is keeping some of you from getting to the next level because miraculous things are about to happen in that level. Jesus' uh, instruction to shake the dust off your feet uh, should remind us that we are only responsible for our obedience to God, not for the results of that obedience. Once we've done everything we know to do, and whether they accuse us or come against us, we are not responsible for that. 
Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of the Father. Um, There's people that are going to do you dirty. But the Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue, every word that rises up against you, thou shall condemn. You know what our problem is? When words are risen up against us, when tongues are risen up against us, and accusations and false, um, you know, accusations and false claims, and, and, and calling us all kinds of names in the book, we don't condemn those words. We don't nullify those words. God's word says you are to condemn those words. Because what happens is if you don't, there are other entities listening to those words that will carry that out to other places and cause drama and havoc. You are to condemn those words because those words do not belong to you. You, you, I forbid you, devil. I refuse to receive. How about using some of those words when people want to say something to you? Well, you're this, and you. I forbid you to speak those words and walk away. Use the use that. I forbid you. I refuse to. Amen. God is removing people from your life. God will deliver you personally from your own demons because a lot of Christians, they they head for church on Sunday and they're all in a central location. But you know, a lot of them are not, most of them are not walking in the victory God has called them to walk into because they are oppressed by demons. People don't want to hear this. They just want to quote scripture. But it's true. And, and, one of the biggest part of Jesus' ministry was casting out demons. And we say, well, Christians don't have demons. Listen, oh, they can oppress you. Let me let me just clarify something. Casting out, out, okay? Um, these demons do not occupy your spirit, but they can afflict your mind and they can afflict your body. Kenneth Hagen, my husband and I went to uh, Rama Bible training center in Tulsa, Oklahoma years ago and graduated. And Kenneth Hagen was was talking about demons and he you know he said when he would preach, um, he's a prophet, so he would see things. And he could see these demons hanging on someone's lungs who had lung cancer or see a demon on this one or in that area. A demon can can afflict a heart or a lung or a mind. It can afflict those things. So those things have to be cast out. Now, you can do self-deliverance. Okay, God, God will help. God can help you with that. There's no one else available. There's the word and you have a relationship with God or God will remove people from your life. Okay, that are afflicting and affecting God's plan for you. Okay, because he's, he's removing these demons by removing these people. There's other people who are afflicted by demons that are doing a dance with with you trying to prevent your call from going forward. People, we have to be aware of our enemy. I was in the Marine Corps, okay? And, uh, you know, you've got a commanding officer. 
in charge of a troop of troops people okay of men and they're going forward into battle and you know they they can't just they have to have a plan when they get into battle and they have to give that plan to 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 these other guys and um you know what you can't go in there without without having weapons and being trained with those weapons you you can't just walk into that battle so if you don't know how to get rid of these things in your life you need to train yourself you need to get into the word and into the presence of god and take as much teaching as you can to get rid of these things in your life that are afflicting you and hindering you from getting to a deeper level with god into a place where god's using you in the miraculous this stuff has to be shed from you amen so what you're doing by hanging around certain people, you're hugging their demons, keeping them around when God says, let go. It's, it's like going into a poisonous snake pit and the snake bites you and it begins to paralyze you. And that's what, this, what Satan wants to do. He wants to paralyze you. He wants to, uh, he wants these snake bites to, he would just wants to bite you and, and paralyze you so you can't do what God has called you to do. And what God has called you to do is very powerful. Okay. You love people so hard and your love is real, but theirs is not. So when God tries to remove them, sometimes it's hard. You have this soul tie that keeps drawing you back, drawing you back, where you keep going back in your mind and you keep thinking about them. Your thoughts of them are holding you a prisoner. They were part of your life. A part of the plot, but they were not the plot. God is saying that vision was not my vision. But if God removes something, he will always replace it with something. He's going to replace them with people who will support you and will take you where you need to go. So you and Lot need to part ways. Uh, Don't resist what God is trying to remove. That's dangerous. You're carrying a false sense of responsibility by caring for those who don't really care for you or they're not taking your word seriously um, or your love. You, you, you don't call them and wait for them to call you back because they're not going to. Any of their help has strings attached to it. When you help, they don't care because they're users. I'm talking truth today. Um They will use you for emotional support in a crisis, but control how much they let you in afterwards. When's the last time they called you and said, how you doing? And how often do they call you? They are committed to misunderstanding you. There's a demon called Leviathan. The Bible calls him the twisting, fleeting serpent. Do you know what he does with relationships and families and church folk? He twists words so that people get offended with each other and he, and he causes division in the body of Christ. He will twist those words so people misunderstand what's being said. But I will tell you this, don't defend yourself. When, when, when stuff comes against you 
and you're being accused of things and you really want to go to the courtroom in your mind and and justify yourself and find justification for how good you've been to them, what you've done to them, get out of the courtroom in your mind. Jesus already took this stuff to the cross. You're not responsible for them and their emotions. Defense is what you do to protect your ego. Faithfulness is what you do to protect your anointing. Wouldn't you rather protect your anointing? Defending yourself makes you lose your power because you gave it all away. If you have to do that, you need to say goodbye. Give them the gift of goodbye and shift the onus on them and take it off of you. Stop defending yourself to people who deep down don't really care. Rise up as a mighty warrior. You don't need to bow to demons in them that are trying to destroy you. Rise up. They need to bow to the lordship of the Jesus of Jesus Christ inside of you. You need to repent for making these people a god. I am speaking this today out of my own experience. Um you need to resist the temptation to keep rolling these thoughts around in your mind over and over again. You need to release these people, forgive them, and let them go to the Lord each time you are tempted to pick it up. And say to yourself, this too shall pass. Amen? God told me this was a process. Especially when it's been the story of your life, even as a child, when you've been rejected and wounded by, by people that claimed guardians and people that claimed that they loved you. But you have to be consistent and persistent at resisting and staying in his presence, God's presence, and releasing these things. Because rejection and abandonment will make you a procrastinator and unskillful in your gifts. It will incapacitate you. It'll make you lose jobs and sabotage relationships. It's uh, abandonment and rejection are super strongholds, and they work together. They're paralyzed and steal your life away. They make you act foolishly to grovel for attention, shake off the offenses. Amen. Uh, The Bible says, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. You've done all that you could, and yet they call you evil. Isn't that the way of the world? And that's in Isaiah 5, 20 and 21. Get off the offense. Get off of it. Stop walking on eggshells and quit positioning yourself for rejection. Uh Just say to yourself, I will walk in love and I will love you, but I'm going to put you up on the balcony and love you from up there. I will pray for you. I will bless you for the opposition and worship in God's presence. But if you want to exit, give them the gift of goodbye. I am going to be happy with my life and you're not going to run my emotions and my life, family or not. Jesus, the Bible says, was rejected, but he did not open his mouth. He took all the grief and all the sorrow to the cross so we wouldn't have to carry it. We were never meant to carry heavy demonic emotions brought in by the curse of the sin nature. We were not created that way. Don't waste any more of God's time 
and your energy trying to fix things in your mind. How many times do we spin our wheels trying to solve a problem, trying to solve a relationship, trying to solve an issue, uh, trying to solve a business, and, and we're wasting time and energy trying to fix it in our mind when we've got the Holy Spirit. You're spinning your wheels, and then when it comes to rejection, you just keep repeating the rejection um, over and over and over in your mind. Click, click. Change the channel. When you look in the mirror in the morning and the devil makes a bid for your thoughts first thing in the morning, change the channel. Amen? Change the channel. And take authority over this these things that are happening um, every time these, these emotional fruits show up. Don't let minutes or hours or days go by while your mind is racing with conclusions and then it becomes a stronghold you carry around for the rest of your life. You've got to address these things right away. Every time emotions and thoughts show up, just don't sit there. Get up and do something else and let the enemy know those are not your thoughts because your thoughts are that of acceptance and love that the Father has for you. You let them go. You let those people go. If they are going to talk about your past mistakes and remind you of their past, they are not allowed in your future. They are not the people that are going to support you. And if you hang on to them, they're going to be like a chain around your neck. And it's going to hinder you and pull you back from the great calling that you have. Now Moses was 80 years old when God called him. And some of you might say, well, I'm older now. I'm too sick. I'm too weak. Uh, I'm alone. I feel abandoned. Moses was 80. And when he was dying at 120, it says his his vision was not dim or his strength. His strength was not abated. He still had the strength of a young man. God is more than able to make up for the years that have been lost because maybe you made some mistakes. And there's people back behind the door that says no trespassing. There's people behind there trying to call out like they did with Jesus. Come over here. Here's your family. They're calling you away from your assignment. What about when Nehemiah was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem after they were destroyed? And there was the king of Ono sent some messengers to him while he was rebuilding the wall. He had his uh, plaster in one hand, building the walls, and he had his sword in the other. And the guy says, hey, the king wants to talk to you. They sent him sev- They sent the messenger several times. Nehemiah said, this is ki- the king of Ono. I think it's funny. He said, oh, no, I have an assignment to do. I am building a wall and I cannot come down. Some of you need to stay focused. 
Keep your head and your eyes straight and stay focused and you don't have time and energy to fight with the enemy. The only fight you should fight is the good fight of faith, not people, not circumstances, not stress, not anxiety. That is not your fight. Jesus said, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. Amen. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You want that yoke? That's heavy. What's behind that door is heavy. My yoke is easy. Take mine. Take mine and learn of me. It's easy. It's easy when you're with me. Amen? So Moses, young baby, the Pharaoh was trying to kill the babies. The mother sent him up the stream in the basket to save him. He ends up at the Pharaoh's house. The Pharaoh's daughter raises him. He's in, he's in this, this palace. And, but he knew God because his mother was there nursing him. Uh, that's a story in itself. But anyway, uh, he was in Egypt with the enemy. Those who didn't know God But he was a messenger from God, but he didn't know it, not at the time, but but he could see how badly his people were being treated as slaves and servants, uh, building things and empires for the Pharaoh. He was watching them sweat, going hungry, going thirsty, and one day it got to him, and he killed one of the Egyptians that were beating up one of the Israelites. And the Pharaoh banned him from Egypt. He got thrown in the desert where they thought for sure he's going to die. No, no, because God was with him. God is with you. And what, what people considered you as an outcast, God is with you. Afflicted as you are, God is with you. And you are going to get through this. And Moses, he he get, he marries, and he has children on the other side, and he's he's on the backside of the desert taking care of sheep, and God is dealing with him, and God is teaching him in that place of isolation, until one day, God sent him back to Egypt, to a land without God, as a messenger to let my people go there this was not this was not a plea this was not begging oh please mr pharaoh um if we could just make a bargain here and you could just let let these people go you know could you please please no no he put a command he demanded let my people go there There are family situations, and you might be the first in your family, regardless of what they've done to you, to you go and you demand from the enemy, let my people go. In Jesus' name, you stand in the gap, you pray, even if you have to put them up on the balcony, because they are valid people that God wants to use, but God is looking for someone to stand in the gap. Someone, a first fruit of salvation, 
of the power of God to stand in their stead for their future because they are part of the assignment to take dominion of the earth and to subdue it. Amen? So the devil will use people as weapons formed against you. The demons coming against you to take you and your calling down. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, casting down imaginations. And sometimes things happen to us and people say things and we go and we stretch it out in, in our courtroom in our head. And it's bigger, uh, a little a little molehill becomes a mountain. And suddenly it's a vain imagination and, and it's bigger. And before we know it, we're oppressed by the thought. It says casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. If there are people in your life exalting themselves against the knowledge of God, if they're exalting themselves against the will of God in your lives, you need to let them go. And it said, and bringing into captivity, put them in prison, lock them up. You've been locked up too long by other people's voices in prisons. They locked you, they locked you up, and you're trying to figure out how to fix it, how to make it better. It's not your responsibility. It said, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. It's got to obey Christ. Take authority over those demons that have controlled your mind for so long. Cast them out. Command them to leave. Your, um, the gift of God is mighty. It's mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. If you, if you pull down the prison, you can, you can reframe it into a mighty strong tower. The Bible says that the name of the Lord is a strong and a mighty tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. They are safe. Your mind can be a safe place after it's been renewed with the word of God. The safest place on earth should be retreating into your own thoughts that were renewed and that remind you of who God is in you and remind you of yourself of what what he has done for you. So when a bad report comes, sickness or betrayal, false accusations, you've got a fortress inside of you that says the safest place right now is is retreating back into my own thoughts because I transformed my mind first. I renewed it. Then I started to replace it and reframe it. And the safest place is the promise that I put into my heart, my mind, and play it over and over and over again. When God gives you a ministry... God allows you the authority to bring in the specifics of how you're to conduct that ministry. You set the standard. There's a scripture that says, go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, gather out the stones, get the stones out of the way and lift up a standard. For the people, you are the leader. You raise up the standard for the people. you, You know, um, I just I want to cover something here about idolatry. When you when something or someone becomes your all your thoughts, and you keep mauling it over and over in your mind, that's idolatry, where you're bowing to other people's control. And when other people are in control, the Holy Spirit is not. 
We need to get over the fear of man. The Bible says, who is man that thou art fearful of him? You don't trust God. Your loving father, you view him as someone who's not pleased with you. And you have to perform to get his approval. Even though you read the opposite in the word and you know it in your head. You quote all the scriptures. But you don't experience freedom. You're, you you become emotionally uh, paralyzed. The Bible says also, if you faint in the day of adversity, you're not strong. Adversity reveals your strength. It reveals where your thinking is. The mind of Christ does not yield to intimidation. But God will make your mess into a masterful peace. You got to start commanding your mind to win the battle. You got to tell it how it's going to be. You have to replace those thoughts with who you are in Christ, the new you. It's time to reinvent yourself in Christ. No, you don't, devil. He brings sickness. No, you don't. He brings a headache. No, you don't. He brings accusation. No, you don't. You need to guard your heart and your calling. You know, righteous people don't have to beg. If if you're having a problem with your finances, the Bible says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Amen. Jesus got beat and whipped. He went to the cross so you wouldn't have to do all these things alone. Um, You know, uh, but Father turned his back on him for a moment on the cross and let him carry the sins of the world. But in turn, he gave him a name above every name and power, including over rejection, and gave him a name above every other name. Amen. Um, The Bible says in Isaiah 53, 5, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. He took everything to the cross. He gave you the authority. He left it with you when he, when, when you asked him to be Lord of your life. Um, sickness will make you a servant. And it will make other per- people serve your sickness. Poverty will make you beg when the Bible says God is your provider. You're fighting your thoughts. But you shouldn't fight your thoughts. You need to pull down those thoughts that do not... Uh, Say Jesus Christ is Lord. If it doesn't bring glory to him, you need to cast those things down. You need to evict those thoughts. Take authority over it. What's been already given to the cross. Amen. Your mind is to serve your spirit. And your body is the, is the slave that you are to put under. The Bible says in Mark eleven twenty three and 24... This is what you are to do. You need to start talking to your mind. Because where your mind is, that's where you're going. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, what is your mountain today? Sickness, fear, rejection, oppression, poverty, uh, drugs, addictions, whatever it is. It says, you speak, you say something, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. And shall not doubt, not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. 
And therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. Forgive if you have aught against any. Forgive these people. Shake the dust off, but forgive that your Father also in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Amen. Jesus knew who he was. You need to know who you are in him. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the resurrection and the life. I am the Son of Man, but I'm the Son of God. And you know, he says, he that believes on me, the works that I do, do he shall do also and greater works than these i'm into the greater works so it's time for us to begin to shake those things off that are binding us and binding us around our necks like chains and pulling us down it's time for you people to get out of prison it's time to get out of sickness and disease it's time to get out of oppression and depression and the things the enemy has imposed on you because of the sin nature it is time, people. God is looking for troops, and they're looking for soldiers who want to get up and rise up. When David was fighting the giant, little David, he didn't he didn't plead anything with the giant. He it said he ran to the battle, not away from it. He ran to the battle, and he said, "You came to me with a spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord." And that should be your quest, and that should be your answer today. And Jesus Christ loves all of you so much, and He wants you to get free, and He wants you to stay free. Doesn't matter if you're eighty years old or ninety years old. Jesus did His. Uh, his assignment in three years. God can do, uh, he said, restore to you the years. He can take back the years that you tried in 40 years to do in your own strength. He can do it in two months or two years. As long as he is Lord and not your circumstances, not the voices and not the people that try to control you. So today I just want to say that God loves you. He's got a great plan for you. And you need to say to yourself, this too shall pass. And look in the mirror and start telling yourself who you really are in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Amen and amen. Hey, Praise what a God. powerful teaching today. This is great from Pastor Rose Betancourt. Sister Rose, um, tell people how they can make contact with your ministry and anything else you'd like to mention. Yes, um, you can reach us. Um, phone number is 520-224-8520. That's uh, for Miracle Valley. That's our phone number. You can also reach us on Facebook, Miracle Valley Today. Miracle Valley Today. And um, also you can email us at miraclevalleytoday at yahoo.com if you would like to reach us. Um, if you have any questions, uh, you can reach us through any of those avenues. And I just uh, want to thank you for listening today, and uh, hopefully we'll be on again in the near future. Uh, I know that part of my ministry that God has given me, the, that God told me, is to strengthen the troops. Because the body of Christ is weak, and a lot of why we are weak is because we let the enemy have his way. Amen? Amen. 
Praise Sister God. Rose, also, if someone wants to support your ministry, do you have Cash App, PayPal, any other way they can do it? Um, I guess we we do have Cash App. I don't know what the what the details on that is. I probably should get that. Um, yes, get that for next show. But in the meantime, I'll get a hold of Brother Louie and make sure we get it and put it in the show notes. I do encourage okay, people. Okay, we appreciate it to support um, the ministry there at Miracle Valley. Uh, also, look at your schedule for March and find me some more dates. Let's uh, let's get you back back on the schedule. Well, praise God, Amen. Thank you very much for coming um, on tonight. Any final comment you want to make? Yeah, um, I guess if you want to title this, we can title it "Shake Off the Dust." <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay, let me write that down. "Shake Off the Dust." Perfect. I will get this uploaded here in a few minutes, send you a copy. Uh, one more time, your email, please. It's miraclevalleytoday at yahoo.com. God richly bless you, Sister Rose, and we'll see you again soon. Well, thank you. Great word. God bless you. God bless you. Folks, that was Rose Bentoncourt, her and brother Louie are on the ground there at Miracle Valley. Okay. Let me save this program. Coming up next, we're going to have Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Then at 11 o'clock, we're going to do a two-hour broadcast with Elena Nita and Mark Shine. All right. Stand by.